Well, episode two is coming at you now. My name is Todd Hicksonball, and I am the host of the Todd Hicksonball Experience, where basically we just talk about how to elevate, how to be a better, be a better human. Um, I have a lot of things coming at you, but before I get into that, I wanted to plug a few things um, that, that I'm just kind of keeping keeping my eye on and that I want you to know is is coming out. Um, go out and get Questlove's new book. This is my hot five. So go out and get Questlove's new new book um, that came out this past Tuesday. Um, Questlove is an incredible artist and author and musician and he's incredible. Um, I, that's going to be linked in the show notes. So quest loves new book. Let me look it up really quick. I forget the name. Duh. Todd, have your notes out. Um, but I got an advanced copy of it and it has been, uh, just, just an incredible read. I didn't, I, I guess I didn't know the depth of just how brilliant that man is. Uh, it's called Music is History. Music is History. Um, again, incredible, incredible, credible, incredible, incredible um, read. And so uh, a couple of takeaways from it that I wanted to send your way uh, are coming later on in today's episode, but I just wanted to put that out there. That's one of the things that I'm looking at. I'm also paying very, very close attention to the NBA season that started and things going on with Ben Simmons. This isn't a sports podcast, but also I'm just telling you things I'm watching, paying attention to. Um, ben Simmons is a headline for me. The fact that nobody talked about Giannis is a, is a headline for me, if you don't know who Giannis is, Giannis Antetokounmpo is an amazing basketball player who plays for the Milwaukee Bucks. The, the Milwaukee Bucks won the 2020-2021 NBA championship um, over this past summer. And basically, people are just pretending like that didn't happen. Um, kind of pisses me off a little bit, not going to lie. And so uh, people just aren't really talking about him. Uh, and Nick Wright came out with a very intriguing um, pyramid is what he called it of who he thinks the best NBA players are. We're going to talk about that. So that's number two is just the NBA, the NBA season starting up Ben Simmons, Kyrie Irving, all of those things. We're going to talk about that. Number three, number three, number three is, uh, how many of you are watching the voice? Um, many of you might not know this, but one of the people who, is a part of um, this season. I think it's, what is it? Season 21. Um, hold on. Open that up. Uh, I think it's season 21. Yeah, 20, it's season 21. Um, his name is Manny Keith. And uh, by the way, he's a great Instagram follow. Um, I believe he's just at Manny Keith. Yep, just at Manny Keith. I'm going to link that into the show notes. But um, what I was wanting to say is that most people do not know this. He is, or was, I actually haven't seen him post about it in a while, 
he was the worship, one of the worship pastors, one of the worship people for Vu Church, which is Rich Wilkerson Jr.'s church. Uh, Dontree Wilson is his wife, uh, Wilkerson, not Wilson. Um, and it's a very, uh, it's a, it's a large church down in the Miami, um, area. They have, I think two locations and, uh, worship dude. And he is killing it on voice. Um, at least at the time that I'm recording this, uh, episode, um, he has not yet been eliminated. And so, um, Gosh, just an incredible voice, an incredible person. Uh, if you want to hear some of his work, I'm going to link into the show notes some of the stuff he did with Vu, but he also has some songs of his own out that I personally think are worthy of a lot of credit. And so really enjoying him. Uh, he's he's definitely bringing a lighter tone to the, to the show. He's just a lot of fun. A great Instagram follow, great follow on TikTok. Um, for those of you who are into the to the, the TikTok, so go ahead and follow him. Manny Keith is his name. Number four, number four, uh, number four is I have been reading. Um, you guys who know me personally know that I I'm a reading fanatic. I'm I'm a little bit it's it's weird. Um, it's weird, and this one actually is coming in hot from Caleb J Mason. Uh, one of my best buddies, um, former co-host of mine on the learner's corner. And, um, he was telling me about this. We, we got coffee the other day and he was telling me about this and I've read probably two, three chapters on it. And I'm obsessed, uh, cause I love a good story. I love storytelling, all of those things. And, uh, it's called the seven basic plots, why we tell stories. And it's by Christopher Booker. It's by Bloomsbury Publishing. It's it's incredible. I'm putting a link to it in the show notes for you to purchase this book. Um, I'm reading it on the Kindle version, uh, but it, it's a big book. It's it's rather large. It's probably six seven hundred pages on on the Kindle version. I'm not sure how many it is um, in a regular uh, paperback or hardback version. And, uh, man, it's really fine tuning my storytelling ability and just ways of me thinking about how to tell stories. So, um, there's that. And I, I just really wanted to put that in your pipe to smoke it. And we're gonna talk about that later in, in the show. So the seven basic plots, why we tell, why we tell stories. And so I really, you're going to love it. Um, if you're a storyteller like me, you're going to be obsessed, and and I know I am. And and finally, uh, things that I am paying attention to. I'm going to call. I don't know. Call my hot five, maybe. We'll see. Um, the the final thing that I am paying attention to right now is the rise, the rise of conservative, conservative, conservative. Right, not the right word. But all of these ex-military folks uh, on both the left and the right who are now starting podcasts, they're starting YouTube channels, and boy, oh boy, are they ever uh, not happy just with the way the world is working right now. And I wanted to talk a little bit about why I think that is. Um, it's interesting right now, um, just how all of that is happening. So... Um, that's some stuff that I'm paying attention to right now, and uh, we're going to talk more more about it, but 
I'm going to have DJ Gary O bring us in with a little bit of music. Stay tuned. So I wanted to start off after we did that, the, the quick, the quick hit um, on just things I'm paying attention to with a um, little monologue, which all of this is monologue, but I wanted to start off with, with this. Um, I listened back to last week's episode and had some takeaways. First off, um, just come right out the gate. I thought it was one of the worst episodes I've ever recorded in my entire life. And I've recorded hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of podcasts, interviews, um, solo episodes, conversations with just friends, like roundtable style. This was one of the worst episodes that I personally have ever recorded. And I want to tell you a little bit about what I learned from it um, so that you can understand kind of where my brain is and what I am trying to do with this show. So let's get into it. Um, one thing that happened was I was not being myself. I was trying to be a bunch of other people. I was trying to be Joe Rogan. I was trying to be Joe Budden both of whom have massive audiences and massive podcasts. It was not being Todd. And it sucked because of it. And I was talking really fast and yelling like Joe was. Joe Budden. And then I was trying to be silly and, and weird like, like Joe Rogan. There was also um, a little bit of Bill Burr in there. Bill Burr with the Monday Morning Podcast, which is one of my favorite listens. Just how he... I don't know how he does his monologues. I was trying to do a little bit of that. And so the first thing that I learned is, oh my goodness, stay in your lane, fool. Stay in your lane, fool. Don't try to be somebody that you're not. That was the first thing that I learned. And it reminded me of whenever I was an intern, uh, just learning uh, church ministry. And one of our mentors would take us and he would have us preach like actual messages. He would give us like a topic and he would have us preach like to the other interns. This is whenever I was an intern. He'd have us like preach to the interns. And now we're talking like four or five people and he'd give us 15 minutes and we had to preach 15 minute things. And then we had to critique each other, like give each other feedback on, on what that was. And I felt like when I was listening back to myself, I felt like I was back in that room, just the amount of mistakes, the amount of just dumb, um, all the, all the little things that, you know, if I'm speaking in person, things that I I'm incredibly tuned into and listening for, but, oh my gosh, it, it was awful. It was, it was awful listening back to it. And I always listen back to myself. Um, it's the only way that you learn. 
anything really. You should be examining everything that you do. And uh gee, many Christmas. Um, so that was the first thing is just stay, stay in your lane and and it put me back into my intern days. I'll never forget um just going into the second thing that I learned from it. Uh I'll never forget one time uh there was an opportunity that uh, a pastor who had been in ministry for 20 years. He uh, was doing pre-record that week, which a lot of churches on Thursdays, Wednesdays or Thursdays, uh, they will record whoever's preaching that Sunday so that they can have that uploaded and ready to go on Sunday morning. It's not usually live what you're watching. And so they'll, they'll upload that onto the internet and they'll do that. So I had the opportunity, again, I was an intern, to watch this guy and they sit in and part of the sitting in and watching piece was uh feedback was given and the executive pastor was in there and, and different people. And our, our, our mentor basically talked his way into letting us into the room. And my goodness, I couldn't find any flaws in what the man did. He'd been preaching for years and I watched and, and stood there and, in awe of him. And, and it, when he finished, uh, the rest of the room tore him up. The more senior people, they just tore him up. They had all sorts of, of feedback and, and you, know, you should try this and do this. And I didn't like this. And, um, when you go and do this live, you should try and, and steer away from this. And it showed me that there are levels to this whenever it came to preaching and boy, boy, oh boy, listening back, there are levels and I have a lot of work to do, and I'm excited about it. Um, funny enough, finishing up that story, uh, my buddy Caleb and I, we were stupid enough that we actually tried to come up with feedback to give him. And uh, he took it, and it was the biggest lesson in humility that I've ever learned. He had 19-year-old kids telling him uh, feedback pieces for how he could be better. And he took it, and he thanked us, and he wrote us a note. He wrote me a note. I think he wrote Caleb a note. He wrote me a note. And uh, just thanked us for being there and for feedback. And the funny thing was, was that a year later, he became my mentor. That, that guy became one of my mentors just in my internship journey. Dude would tear me up every week about, about my messages. And it was like a little bit of payback every single time. It was, it was awfully painful. Shout out to Brandon Connor. He's uh, living in Mississippi now, but incredible dude. Um, I don't even know if he would remember that, but. Uh, good, good time. So I, man, I learned so much about how there's levels to this, about humility. It's out there forever on the internet. Uh, the third and final thing that, um, that I learned was just how all of us, as we are developing our voice, developing our platform, whatever you want to call it, all of us need to understand, um, we all need to understand that we shouldn't take ourselves too seriously. And if you listen to me, you would think I wasn't taking myself too seriously. I was deadly serious. I was trying to have a knock it out of the park episode week one. And, um, and it, boy, boy, it just wasn't, um, it just was not at all. And so, um, there's that. And I, I wanted to, I wanted to have some transparency and, and let you see my brain 
let you see what I was thinking and how I was processing this podcast and this platform. Because my goal, as I said at the beginning, is to help make you better. It is to introduce you to topics. It is to introduce you to things that hopefully will get you thinking. And so that's that's just what what I'm what I'm processing through myself. All right. Let's talk a little bit about quest love. So for those of you who um, might not be familiar with him, uh, if you watch uh, Jimmy Fallon, uh, his band is the band, like the house band or had been for years who, um, who plays the called the roots and the roots are a legendary musical group. Um, who have just incredible artists. Quest Love is is one of them. Uh, Black Thought is another, and I'm I don't want to I don't want to miss any of the guys, but I mean they're just an incredible group. Let me look up really quick so that I can make sure and and get all of them in there. Um, let's see here. Yeah, so Quest Love and Black Thought were the two founders of it. Yeah, they're the house band. Yeah, yeah. See, I did my research, guys. I did my research. And then uh, Kamal Gray, Captain Kirk Douglas, which that was hilarious. Um, Damon Tuba Gooding Jr., Bryson, Ray Angry, James uh, Poiser, Mark Kelly, Stroh Elliott, Jeremy Ellis, Ian Hendrickson, Smith, Dave Guy. Those are all people. Those are all people who have been members. Um, who are, those are the, the current members. And there's tons of tons of people who've been a part of it. Um, over the years, they were formed in 1987. But the, the two guys who have kind of been the consistent pillars are Black Thought and uh, Questlove. And I'll, I'll talk about Black Thought another day. Um, Black Thought was probably recently, probably four years ago, it's not recent, probably four years ago now, um, he went on a radio show and just rapped for 10 minutes straight uh, off the top of his head. And it was some of the dopest rapping I've ever heard in my life. And so you have these guys who have been out there and, and have really done it, right? You, if you're on Jimmy Fallon as the house band, I mean, you're really doing something. And so Questlove is, has written some stuff in the past, and I wanted to check out this, this book. And, and I had some thoughts for you. One, my, my brain went to um, immediately as I was just kind of consuming this and, and, and looking at uh, looking at his legacy. And what all, what all he means to the music world, what, what he means to me. I mean, let's be honest, you know, what, what he means to me. And so as I was processing it, you know, I realized that he is just a wealth of knowledge. That's, that's first. His book is literally him processing and thinking through the history of it's called the history of music. He's literally writing about history of music and just him processing it and walking through it and the impact that it had on his life and all those things. And the other thing that it made me think is how important voices like his are. Um, you know, while he's, while he's talking in the book, he moves from just facts to his thoughts, to political thoughts on both sides. It, it was a fascinating conversation as these couple chapters, as I've been reading through it, I'm not quite done with it yet, but, but it's, it's 
worth reading and taking time to savor for sure. And I just thought, you know, for many of us, what legacy are we leaving behind? You know, this is a person who's a top tier musician, artist, a connector of people, um, a person that's part of the black community that is that is a pillar, right? What kind of legacy are, are you leaving behind? What kind of legacy am I leaving behind, right? So as I'm reading his words, I'm realizing not, it doesn't make me feel small in the sense of like, make me feel bad about myself, but it does make, it does put things into perspective. It puts things into check, so to speak, of like, man, there are just, again, I, I mentioned it earlier, but there are just levels to this. There are just levels to this. And, you know, what, what am I doing today that's going to last until tomorrow? Um, tomorrow, maybe meaning literally tomorrow or tomorrow, meaning 50 years from now, 60 years from now. Um, and I can honestly say, as I was reflecting on it, I don't know. I think people know me as a very personable individual, somebody who everybody enjoys being around, but, but I don't know that I'm known necessarily for anything outside of that, you know, maybe podcasting. Okay. Maybe ministry, okay, and I've I've had success in those areas, but but what have I done? What have I done? What am I passing on to the next generation of of Hicks and Balls? What am I what am I passing on, and how am I making people better around me? Are there people who I'm friends with who their kids are going to be better because they knew me? Their parents knew me. I got super introspective on it, man. Got super introspective on it, and. It's all just because he's a fabulous individual and, you know, he writes this book on top of everything else he does and got me thinking. And so I have the same question for you. Like what, you know, last week we were checking in on, on people's emotional and mental health, but like, you know, there's levels to that. And it's like, wow, what are you doing today that's going to impact all of your tomorrows? Not even in a success way, not even in an accolades and achievements way. In a relationships way. How are you doing that? Are you there? For your friends, there's a guy I know, his name's Justin, who, you know, had this revelation summer of 2020 where he realized, you know, if he kept living his life the way that he was, he wasn't going to be able to see his grandkids. He's out of shape, all those things. And Justin worked really, really hard. And I know this fall at some point, Justin, if you listen to this, feel free to text me and correct me. But, um, He's running an, in an Ironman, like, this fall. And I think he's done a marathon for sure. I know that. He's doing an Ironman in Arizona. And so he goes from, you know, not much physical activity to that. And it's like, that has nothing to do with accolades and achievements. It just has to do with he wants to be able to see his grandkids one day. Inspiring stuff. Very, very inspiring stuff. Questlove, thank you. Thank you for this book. Thank you for all the work that you've done. Thank you for everything that you're doing and everything you will do. Um, just an incredible, incredible individual. Pick up his book, um, History of Music. Um, you're going to enjoy it. I know I'm enjoying it. Listen to some of the, the roots. Um, listen to some of the roots, man. All right. NBA season. Again, this is not a sports podcast. I repeat, this is not a sports podcast, but there's some storylines that I think are incredibly important to us 
right now. So at the rec- time of the recording of this episode, which this is like kind of on an hour-by-hour basis, so this might quickly date itself, but um, Kyrie and Ben Simmons, Kyrie Irving and Ben Simmons are not, um, Kyrie's not playing with the Nets, and Ben Simmons is basically trying to wreck everything with the 76ers because he doesn't want to be there anymore. And it got me thinking about, it got me thinking about um, how selfish, how selfish uh, we are now. And in many different ways, not just them and, and being selfish with, with their resources, which for them is, is literally their bodies as athletes, but just being selfish in, in the way that we, we approach things and how we think of other people and what we're trying to do. And, and I want to take it outside of the realm of, of just those two. Um, and I'm going to get to Giannis here in a second, but, um, you know, these two are incredible athletes. They're people who uh, have a lot of fans, a lot of young folks that are looking up to them and all of that. And, you know, what we're seeing right now is this movement in the NBA. And, and I remember Colin Coward, Colin Coward talking about this not too long ago, but he talked about the shift in how guys are approaching the NBA and the teams and how, you know, just go for the money and then you can just force your way out of anywhere. And it got me thinking about gold watches. It got me thinking about how people used to work 40 years at a factory so they could get the gold watch and retire. And there's there's a brokenness to that method too, right? You should, you know, you shouldn't devote all of your time just to the company and, and making it prosper. You should kind of look out for yourself too. But I think we've reached a point now, and this is probably the understatement of the year, but where we're so focused on ourselves and, and what's best for us that oftentimes we're missing, missing bigger meaning behind things, missing bigger pieces to things. I mean, Kyrie Irving legitimately, if he plays on the nets this year, if you were to get the vaccine, which if you don't know what's going on with Kyrie, um, essentially he's refusing to take the, the COVID-19 vaccination, which this is not a political podcast. At least I try not to be. And so he has chosen not to do that. And in the state of New York, you cannot, participate in indoor events. Um, like you can't do that. You can't. So he can't play basketball. He's a professional basketball player. He cannot play basketball in his home arena in New York plays for the Brooklyn Nets. He can't play basketball. So at best he can play on the road. And so there's this whole controversy because he's just refusing to get the vaccine. Um, for his own reasons. I mean, he has good reasons for, for why he's not wanting to do it. However, we've, we've tread into this territory where it is simply now him holding up this whole operation. And there are consequences to that. Uh, there, there are consequences to that. And I hope that he's willing to, to, to pay seems weird. Literally, he's going to be paying. He's just going to lose out on money. But I don't know that he cares about money. I hope that he's willing to deal with what the consequences bring. And that, that brings me to a lot of things that I think about and watch and observe in culture. You know, I was a youth pastor for over 10 years and, you know, the students, they have a lot of interesting perspectives. And one of the questions that I get the most from especially teenage boys is they'd come to me and they would, they would try to convince me that it was okay for them to have sex with their girlfriend. All right. That's what they would do. Come to me, Pastor Todd, uh, you know, I, I just really think that, you know, I know what you're saying, but here are all of my reasons why I think that it's probably okay and God's not going to hate me if I have sex with my girlfriend. 
And I would always shock them with the answer that I would give them. Because um, here's what I would say, is I would not do the, the stereotypical youth pastor move. Of, no, no, it's so bad. Here's what I would tell them. I'd say, you know what? That's a viable choice that you can make. That's all. You, you are allowed to make that choice. By the way, if you're a parent listening to this and you're thinking, how could you say that? When your child turns 18 years old and they come to the youth pastor and they, they say this, if you think that you have any power of being able to stop them without locking them under lock and key in their bedroom, you are fooling yourself. And I say, listen, this is a viable option. You are, this is America. You are allowed to choose to do that. You are allowed to choose to do that. Not going to stop you. You have to make your own choices, right or wrong. You have to make your own choices. Jesus let Peter make his own choice. Jesus let Judas make his own choice. He let lots of people make their own choices, okay? He was just there to let them know there are consequences for the choices that you make. Like, there are consequences. And what I would always tell him is, just let me, give me, you know, give me a minute. Because let me, I want to tell you, I want to tell you about some of the consequences. I, I just want you to hear them. Um, because I think it's more than just getting your girlfriend pregnant, getting your boyfriend, um, getting your boyfriend involved past a, a point where you might not feel comfortable with speaking to the girls. And, and it was amazing how after we would talk about this, how that would change, because I would talk to them about emotions and I would talk to them about emotionally, you know, how you're connected to that person. I've talked to them about how, you know, are you ready at the age of 16, 17, 18 years old to have a deep emotional attachment to that person? And I talked to them about how, you know, when you do that, you're forming bonds, you're forming lifelong bonds. You'll always remember that person. And I would talk to them about their future spouse, future mate. And I would talk to them about how, you know, are you going to be willing to explain this to them one day? Are you going to be willing to explain this to your children if you're lucky enough to have them one day? Are you going to be willing to explain this to your grandchildren one day if you're lucky enough to have children and they're lucky enough to have their own children? Do you want to go down that road? That's a rough one. And as soon as you go there, their eyes glaze over and they're like, oh, crap. This is a big... <laughs> this is more than what I was expecting. I just wanted to know if I could have... If I could get my rocks off and have sex with my girlfriend... The conversation quickly changed. And I'll tell you this. Um, it, it shows me that in our society, we've so quickly dismissed consequences. And if consequences come, we figure out who can, who can intervene for us and protect us from the consequences because we don't like the consequences, right? Whether it's a parent or a lawyer or... Whatever. I mean, whatever. The, the law, but the government. Um, it just shows me how often we've dismissed that. And as I'm watching this whole Kyrie thing play out and this whole Ben Simmons thing play out in both cases, and Ben Simmons um, doesn't want to play in, in Philadelphia anymore. He wants, he wants out. He don't want to play with um, Joel Embiid, who's another one of the 76ers star basketball players. I just think about it and I look at both of those guys and I go, man, I wish I could talk to him. And the reason why is because I hope you understand consequences. And, and maybe there's a whole other side to both of these stories that I just don't know. And I'm talking out of ignorance. And if that's the case, 
you know, I would love to correct myself. I'd love to do that. But as I'm looking at it, I just see selfishness and I see a misunderstanding of consequences. I see a misunderstanding of consequences. And man, it's sad. Transitioning. Giannis Antetokounmpo, the Milwaukee Bucks, you need to put some respect on their name. And I said respect, not respect. Because you need a C and a T on the end of that. Because you need to give them their love. I love LeBron. I live in Ohio. I'm from Ohio. LeBron literally is from half hour up the road of where I'm currently sitting in Akron. All right. That's where he's from. And I've enjoyed watching the Lakers. I enjoyed, you know, two seasons ago when the Lakers won the championship. That was a lot of fun. Stephen LeBron and AD and crew. And I understand. You know, Russell Westbrook is a beast. And it's fun to talk about him. It's really fun to talk about them. It's a lot of fun to talk about the Brooklyn Nets. It's a lot of fun to talk about those teams. It's fun to talk about the Miami Heat. It's fun to talk about the Warriors, Golden State Warriors. It's fun to talk about these teams. But people need to put respect on the Milwaukee Bucks name. Because there's this dude from Greece named Giannis, and he's coming for you. He's coming for you. That boy is a bad, as Stephen A. Smith said, he's a bad man, and he is, he wants a piece. He wants a piece. I was reading back through some articles that were written shortly. This is what percolated this whole thing in my brain. Whenever he was drafted and people were like, gosh, he's long, he's athletic, but he's just raw. Like he's just a, he's a whirling dervish of just all kinds of things. And like, if he could just polish himself up, that's kind of still the narrative on him today. Like now nah, it's like he's uber, like, you know, you get him within eight feet, 10 feet of the basket, forget about it. He's scoring. He's unstoppable. You guys remember. And those of you who, who are basketball fans, and I, I know I've lost half my audience right now talking about this. Um, you remember a few years ago, a few years back, think back like 10 years. Let's go maybe even further than that. 07, 08, when LeBron took the Cavs with nobody basically on the team and played the Spurs. You remember back, LeBron would get a full head of steam and it was just over. You remember that? You just get now he does that sometimes still, but not as consistently. He basically, if he got a step on you, all it took was a step, and he was at full steam ahead. So I want you to imagine that, all right, with 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 LeBron and just how devastating that was. And I want to translate that into Giannis because it's not just like Giannis doesn't even need forward movement. Okay, this is a seven-footer that runs like a gazelle. That literally looks like he's carved out of a statue. Like he is a carved statue. The dude is just, he's just j- j- jacked. And for him, he's so long and in like just long. Dude gives you one step to the right or the left with his back to the basket and he's dunking it on your head. Okay. He's dunking it on your head. You get, he gets it within 10 feet of the hoop and he's dunking it. And people are just talking about them like they don't even matter this season. And I just need you to know, 
You put some respect on their name. Nick Wright came out with a pyramid today um, that I was looking at of who he considers to be the top 55 players in the entire NBA. Okay, I'll skip right to the top of the pyramid. So his top three are LeBron and KD, and the number one, he has Giannis. And I was remembering back to some of these articles and and, uh, sifting through them. And my goodness, my goodness, are we lucky right now? We're just lucky to watch basketball at this time. I, I, w- I was born in 92, so I, I didn't get to watch basketball in the 80s and 90s. I was too young to be able to see Jordan, and Scottie Pippen, Magic Johnson, Larry Bird, Patrick Ewing, Charles Barkley, the crew, right? I wasn't, wasn't old enough. This is my version. And look at the basketball that we get to play. And it got me thinking about this. How many moments do we miss on a regular basis? Because we're so busy and so fast in our lives right now. And that took me to this. You know, I, got, I was married about a month ago, three weeks ago. And uh, I can barely remember the wedding day. It was so fast. It's one of the most important days of my life, and I can barely remember it. It got me thinking about mindfulness and and being present and and all of that. And man, it just got me super appreciative of of what what we get in basketball right now, of what we get in podcasts, YouTube channels, people around me, my friends, my family. It got me just super, super, I don't know, grateful, mindful, thankful for what is there. So as I'm looking at the NBA right now, I see a lot of fast-paced selfishness that I can learn from. I hope you can too. Slow down. Let's appreciate what we have. That Greek freak is coming for your head. Caleb, I will debate you about that anytime. Because I know that Caleb's going to be yelling in his car when he listens to this. All right. Manny Keith. Manny bleeping Keith. I found this guy fascinating. I found him a couple of years ago, probably 2017, 2018, uh, on Instagram. And I found him through which Rich Wilkerson Jr. Uh, I was following his Instagram first. And this dude with like this silky smooth voice kept popping up everywhere. He just kept popping up over and over and over and over again. And it was always in worship sets. And like the dude, I, I was like looking around, staring at my phone, but I was looking around, like, I would just take a glance around. Like, is anybody else noticing this? Like this guy sounds like, I don't know. He, dude sounds like every superstar you've ever heard come through your radio, like on a million and I just kept thinking, my goodness, like this guy needs to be signed. He needs to be performing. Like I'm grateful, like I'm grateful, right? Pastor guy, like I'm grateful that like he's praising the Lord, but also a bleep are you guys doing? Like you need to sign him and you need to get him singing and selling out arenas because he's that good. And now he's on The Voice season 21. Now I, I, I'll confess, I don't watch The Voice. I don't. 
I don't generally watch shows like that. But boy, am I watching everything right now. I am just taking this in, watching him. He is fascinating. And so it got me listening to some of the old music from Voo Church. And um, man, dude is just amazing. And something incredible happened. Uh, so basically the premise of The Voice is you have the judges and they're in these chairs and they're turned and you have a blind audition, right? So if you haven't watched this before, just go with me on this. Um, if you have, just bear with me. And so they start singing. The person's singing and the judges have a button and if they tap the button, it means that they kind of are laying claim to that person and the chair will spin around, right? And they'll become part of whatever team that is. And this guy's blowing my socks off, like just blowing my socks off in this video clip I was watching and only one person turned around in their chair. Only one person. And I couldn't help, I couldn't help but process that in the most Todd way possible. I'd be pissed. I'd be like, what are you talking about? I know that you're all professional, like superstar singer people, but what are you talking about, John Legend? Like you should have turned around and hit the buzzer. What are you talking about, Ariana Grande? What are you talking about, Kelly Clarkson? Blake Shelton had to turn around He's the only one that hit the button. Oh, I was so mad for him. And I'm watching, I'm watching like his response and how he's just so graceful and he was so grace-filled. And boy, did I learn something. It wasn't that he was just grateful to be there. He knew he's, he knows he's good enough. It's not even a question. But he knew that there was something bigger to accomplish. People are watching his Instagram account. They're, DMing him. They're watching him like nobody ever has before. And I just thought, what an opportunity that he has right now to build a platform to be able to speak into people's lives. And then he's just singing up there all silky smooth. Makes me sick. And Ariana Grande stole him from Blake. Good on her. Good on her. She learned. Anyway, Manny Keith, follow him on Instagram. He's great. Follow. Follow him on TikTok. I just wanted to talk about that. I want to talk a little bit about gratefulness and just like understanding, like understanding the mission. You know that, that TikTok and, and reel that's going on right now? I understood the assignment. Yeah, he understood the assignment. He understood it. Manny Keith, uh, humble dude, talented dude, teaching this kid from Ohio just about gratefulness and understanding your place, understanding how to, how to handle things with class, truly. Uh, number four was uh, the storybook. Storybook. And I, I can't help but harken back a little bit. The Seven Basic Plots is what it's called. And I'm going to link to this in my show notes. You can, you can find it there. I also link to it on my website. Um, man, I, I can't help but but think about how integral story is to every aspect of my life and every aspect of, I think, basically life. <laughs> like, it's just incredibly important. It's how we communicate, right? The best story, the best communicators are storytellers. Always have been and always will be. If you can tell me information in a story format, guaranteed I'll listen longer and I'll know what to do with it at the end. I'll know what to do with it at the end. I, I interviewed several years ago, this guy, 
uh, for the Learner's Corner, who was this storytelling magician, and he he just he he just his Instagram stories and Instagram posts he makes are just incredible, and he tells stories constantly. I'm looking up his last name. His first name is Matthew. Um, getting at the moment, what is last name is Matthew Dix. And he, he's like a seven time grand slam champion. He's a podcaster, DJ, he's a teacher, incredible dude, like incredible dude. And I'll, I'll link to his Instagram, but he just writes stories basically every day on his Instagram feed. And just post pictures and just incredible stories. And I remember he said something that was profound to me. He said, uh, stories are to life what water is to watercolor paints. And I went, say that again. And he said it again. He said, stories are to life Water is to a set of watercolor paints. I said watercolor paints look cool. They're useless until you get them wet. That's that's life. And I'm processing through this book and these plots. And wow, if we could just learn to communicate like this in every arena, pastors, if you're listening, oh my gosh, quit telling your story about the mission trip you went on that you've said 17 times in the last three months. Come up with a better story. Tell other people's stories. Cite them, of course, but tell other people's stories. Tell better stories. If we can communicate like this, oh, big takeaway right now, just reading the first couple chapters, is that the power the power of story knows no bounds. Um, and I was thinking about this in terms of how the Bible which is the book that, that I believe that God had a hand in writing, inspired through the Holy Spirit. And over 70% of the Bible is stories. The 30% that's not is explained by stories at some other point in the Bible. <laughs> Jesus communicated in parables, which are stories. It's incredible. Like it, story is the way that God has communicated to us through the Bible. By the way, most holy books, the Quran, Book of Mormon, stories. So good. I'm so enjoying this book, just reading about it. Um, it's helping me, I know, to think through and process things with this podcast and how to do it better. Um, Helping me to tell stories better for sure. Um, so it's it's called the book is called um, Seven Basic Plots Why We Tell Stories. And I'm gonna link it by Christopher Booker. Uh, by the way, what a perfect name for the guy who writes about telling stories better, Christopher Booker. Uh, I'll link to that in the show notes so that you can check it out. I just wanted to throw that as a resource of the week. I don't know if I'm gonna have Quest Love's book or this one as the resource of the week, but it'll be one of them. Ah, who cares? I'll do both of them. Doesn't matter. Finally, last thing I wanted to talk about is I've just been noticing a lot um, over the last few years of military individuals, both on the right and the left of the political spectrum, who have been jumping into 
the media world. And they're all pissed. So yeah, give some context. So one of my heroes, his name is Jocko Willink. He was a commander for the Navy SEALs. He fought in Ramadi with Task Unit Bruiser during the Battle of Ramadi in 2006. Dude's just a badass. And he's one of my personal heroes. I love his podcast, the Jocko podcast, and all the others that he has, the Underground, all of them. I'll link to him. Doesn't cry. I love his Instagram feed. Like, if you just want inspiration, like, if you just want inspiration, just go to go to Jocko's Instagram feed and just watch. And the dude, like, posts every morning. He takes a picture of his watch of what time he gets up. And he posts it to Instagram. He's like, get after it. Move. Whatever. And he posts pictures after he's done working out of, like, just a sweat puddle on the floor. He does this every day. He doesn't miss. Basically, he's just like, get moving, lard, do a thing, do a thing. Anyway, he kind of was one of the first big, big names that that did this, who was a military guy. Uh, Tim Kennedy comes to mind. He's another person. Uh, And there are many others. There are many others. Movies have popularized this. Um, Alone Survivor. Uh, the American Sniper, Chris Kyle. And it's in, it's got me interested because a lot of them, when you listen to what they're saying, they have a lot of problems with the way that America is working right now. And, and it had me beginning to think about the things that I've signed on in my life that, and this isn't, I'm not trying to be political when I'm saying this, it, it, I have a point. It's made me think about the things that I've believed and signed on for in my life and sold my life to that need held accountable, need held to a higher standard. Maybe I'm that person. Maybe I need held to a, accountable to a higher standard. But all of them, um, Tulsi Gabbard, who is a former representative from Hawaii, you know, she's, she's a left person. She's, she's a Democrat who not happy presidential candidate. What it made me realize was when you sell yourself out to something, when you put all of what you have in it and it lets you down, it's one of the most devastating things that you can see. And so it had me processing, who am I letting down in my life right now? Who, who do I need to be better for? It was introspective, man. You know, and Kelly, who's my my wife, came to came to mind as she always does. Um, eating and working out, not not dying early and leaving her as a widow, but but others, my friends, uh, family, people who you know are expecting things to go a certain way, and and man, ways I need to tighten up, need to tighten up a little bit, do better. It's got me thinking about those things. It's got me thinking about those things. All right, so those were our big five. So we're going to wrap up the show today with just a couple of things that are stuff that I Googled over the weekend. So 
Burt Kreischer is the one that had this idea. Called it Open Tab. So this is Burt Kreischer's Open Tab. Shout out to Caleb Mason for the name. You ready? Just going to name off to end the show things that I Googled this weekend. Coming in at number four. We have four major things that I Googled. Googled four. Googled four things. Migration patterns of geese. Migration patterns of migration patterns of geese. And I remember why I Googled it because I saw a massive pile of bird poop. And I thought it has to be a, a goose is the only thing that could have done a pile that big. Like I raised chickens my whole life. I know that a chicken did not do that. I know that a regular bird didn't do that. It had to be a goose. And it, it got me so upset that I was like, why are these bleepers like flying all around here? Like, shouldn't you already be South? So I Googled migrating geese. That's number four. Number three is I Googled I Googled closets. I have a short story for you. Kelly's going to be upset with me for telling the story, but it's okay. So when we bought the house that we live in, the first thing that Kelly said is she wanted me to build her more closet space. It's a smaller house-ish house. It's small-ish. And there's not a lot of storage. And if you know Kelly, you're going to laugh at this because it's just true. Kelly has an entire shoe store that she owns. And one day we were driving past this house and she, she saw that like it, it, what she calls it was on stilts and it was like a beach. It looked like a beach house in her brain. It's like how a built a beach house is built, you know, so that if waves come in and you know, it doesn't destroy it, it has, it's on the poles and it's whatever. And so Kelly had the idea. She said, Todd, she calls me Toddy. Toddy, why don't you build me a walk-in closet that's attached to our master bedroom on stilts? And I was like, what do you mean on stilts? And she explained it to me, and I'm like, oh, no, but that's hilarious. So I immediately put it in the group chat. Well, so I have, <laughs> that was like seven months ago that conversation started. And now we went uh, over the weekend and bought some shelving. And so I'm Googling how to build a bleeping closet because this woman needs space for all of her stuff, mainly shoes. And she's spinning it already to make it sound like I am the one that needs the space whatever. And so I Googled it and had me thinking like Eminem cleaning out my closets. So that was number four. I was Googling closets and how to build closets because my wife doesn't know how to get rid of shoes. Uh, number two, number two, I Googled, Googled, I Googled. Ho, ho, ho. I was Googling the new Star Wars content that's coming out. Y'all. I'm going to put the link in the show notes for you. But big news on the Star Wars front. Um, Star Wars is coming out with new content. Uh, after the first of the year is what it's looking like. Uh, I'm super excited about this. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be coming out on... Um, it's coming out in uh, 2022. Yeah, I'm just checking to make sure that I was right. So I re-Googled it. Oh, gosh. Um, so it's coming out in 2022. It looks like we are going to get um, we're gonna get some more stuff. And so potentially a new movie. Um, really excited about that. I finished up uh, watching the last episode, recent episode of, of Vision, Star Wars Vision. And so that's been awesome. Um, 
Googling Star Wars. Finally, I Googled, does drinking too much coffee, this is a direct quote, does drinking too much coffee make your testicles fall off? The reason I did that was because I was listening to a podcast and the dude was swearing that he knew a guy that drank so much coffee that his testicles fell off. And I had to know. And just so you all know, and you're safe, you cannot drink enough coffee to make your testicles fall off. That is, that is fake news. That is just misinformation, baby. Misinformation. Stamp it. Fact checked. The internet told me. And as Abraham Lincoln said, everything on the internet is true. Um, so there's that. All right. Hey, you can follow us on Instagram by typing in my name, Hicksonball Todd, um, on Instagram. You can follow me. You can follow the podcast by going to the Todd Hicksonball Pod on Instagram. You can follow us on Facebook. Uh, just type in my name. Uh, follow us on Twitter, YouTube, all the places. It's all linked in the show notes. Go ahead and subscribe to the podcast on whatever podcast place you, uh, you subscribe to. Um, really would appreciate that. Uh, yeah, that's all my notes. Hey, we have a podcast episode. All right. Love all of you. Thanks for listening today. Remember, if you don't know what to do, neither do I, so don't ask. Love y'all. Deuces. Deuces.